What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Okay, what is up and welcome back to Confident as Fuck. I am here with a returning guest again. We are so excited to have her because her business has totally shifted since last time we talked, and I can't wait to update you guys on that. And we are here with Brittany. Welcome to the podcast. Ah, I'm so excited to be back. Thank you, Alicia, for having me, and I can't wait to catch up. I know. I'm so excited. We're testing out yet another like microphone setup, so if you hear like changes in the microphone, that's why we ch- are using those Sure mics that I told you guys about. Um, a few weeks ago. So we're using two of them this time. So hopefully there's no echo or anything like that, but we're also still testing. And I think we're going to keep it this way, a really relaxed, chill vibe of the episode. We're going to get into Brittany's business, but we're also just going to talk and catch up since the last time that she was on. If you guys want to listen to her first episode that she was on, I'll link that down below as well for you guys. That was almost like a year ago, I feel like. Yeah, I think it was about a year ago, probably... September, October. Yeah. It was like in the old studio. And tell us how your business has changed since then. Yeah. So when I first started talking to Alicia, I was doing coaching. I was a virtual assistant, building websites, kind of doing all the things, just putting my feet everywhere. But alongside of that, I was doing dog sitting on an app called Rover. And that quickly took off. And for those of you that don't know, I have a German Shepherd of my own who I've been training for the last four years and quite successfully. So in between that, I was getting people interested in working with me when it comes to dog training. So I started uh, doing a little bit of that with friends and family. So I went from dog sitting to full-time dog sitter. uh, And now I do dog walking and now dog trainer. Awesome. So that's in the last year. Yeah. And I'll link um, her Instagram for Empowered Dog Training down below. And then also, do you have a website that goes with it or just your Instagram? Yeah. I'm building my website. I believe you can check it out. It's empowereddog.training. Okay. Perfect. We'll link it for you guys in the show notes um, and on the Instagram. You guys can find that. But I'm so like... I think the last time that you were here, we were talking about coaching and kind of just like mindset work. And I think it's really cool because I feel like that is so similar to what you do with dogs. And you just took basically what you were like doing in the coaching realm and really applied it to your passion, which is dogs. Yeah. I mean, every day I'm coaching owners on how to work with their dogs. I have to, you know, help them change their mindset around their dogs. I just recently had someone comment on my recent posts and was like, yeah, I have a really hard time with boundaries because I don't want to be mean. And I, you know, I asked, can we reframe that? When you think about a child, we can compare dogs to children in a lot of ways. And when you think about a child, you're not going to let them eat ice cream all night, um, eat cookies, stay up late because you know what's best for them. And so you're going to say no. At some point, you're going to say no. 
and you're doing that because you love them and because you care about them. And it's the same with dogs. Like we're not going to let them run amok because if they're tearing up the house, chewing on things, that's actually dangerous for them. We need to say no. Yeah. And that actually really helped her see why, you know, putting these boundaries in place is love. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of what you do is boundaries. Yeah. 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 If you're having any behavioral issues with your dog and we can get into that later, they just need more structure. They need more guidance from you. Well, I feel like it's, I hate it. Like I compare dogs to children all the time, but I think when we don't have kids, I think a lot of people will probably be like, no, that's not true. Like you can't compare your dog to your kid, at least in my experience that's happened. But it's like when you see a child that like doesn't have structure in their house. And a lot of times like they're wild, they're like crying for attention or like crying for something like a need. And I feel like that's similar I didn't know that until I got someone with daddy to train daddy because Nikki was literally just easy and perfect. And then we got daddy and obviously he was a little bit more um, difficult and needed a lot more training. And yeah, it was really hard for me to hear that like, oh, it's because of a lot of things that you're doing that are enabling this behavior or uh, like encouraging it almost. And so I think putting up those boundaries and then saying like, reminding yourself I think that it's what's best because it allows them to thrive in a different way right Mm -hmm. just like with a kid Mm -hmm. like where you're saying like yeah we're not going to allow them to just run everywhere even though we want to do that because it's really easy just like with our dogs Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really serve them that well and it doesn't serve your dog that well so yeah um tell us your opinion on dog parks Oh my God. I just thought of that. (laughs) You know, some dogs can handle it. You go to a dog park and some dogs have no issue with it. The problem is you don't know the dogs. You don't know the owners. You don't know their relationship with their dog. So I just think there's too much risk versus reward. Sure. If you have a dog park that you know is like super slow, you live in an apartment complex, you go when there's no one, or you have like one dog friend who you already know. Yeah, go to the dog park, let him off leash, let him play. But if you have a dog that you know is like not always the best with dogs, why would you bring it to a dog park? You're putting other dogs at risk and your own dog at risk. Before I was a dog trainer, I also made the mistake of going to dog parks. So I get it. I've been there. I've done that. But even when I did go, the moment my dog was no longer playing, we left. Like if he started to, I had a, I have a German shepherd. So if he started to fixate on one dog that was like moving really fast, like we were out of there. So the moment, you know, he hit his threshold, yeah. we left. And then now I don't do dog parks. We train around them. I, oh, I love dog parks for training. So I yes. go outside of them. That's what we've done with daddy too. Yeah. So I guess yes and no for dog parks. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it was really interesting to me with like getting two different dogs is because Nikki, I took her to the dog park, like literally probably once a week when she all through, like when I got her to like, you know, until we got daddy. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was like, oh, it socialized her really well, which I think it did. Right. She learned how to like interact with other dogs. She learned social cues. Right. Which was great. Never had any instances where anything went wrong. But then when I got daddy, he doesn't really do well around other dogs. I didn't take him to the dog park for a very long time because I had Nikki. Yeah. So he already had a friend. So I never really even, I never even really crossed my mind to take him. We took him to Rosie's, I think a few times, but then 
when I did take him to the dog park for the first time, it wasn't a good experience. Like he didn't know really like social cues as well as Nikki did. And he like did not do well at a dog park. He doesn't know like to like not charge someone and be really like excited to see a dog and other dogs are not going to take that as well. So we actually trained him outside of a dog park too, which was super helpful for him in knowing like, oh, like I can say hello to that dog, even though the fence is in between them. Like I can say hi to them. I don't have to like be on top of them (laughs) to say hello, you know? So I think it's just interesting. I think like you said, it's different for every single person, but there is a lot of risk and versus reward in a dog park. Yeah. I think like you were saying for Nikki, it's like, you know, your dog and trust that so many people want to compare their dog to someone else's. Well, their dog can go. And it's like, yeah, but you have a different dog who has a different experience. What I'm looking for when I have dogs meet is a lot of neutrality. So I'm looking for dogs to really just be sniffing, but not super obsessed with each other or wanting to go after each other. That neutrality is a good sign that your dogs are going to get along and you're going to have no issues. The other problem I see at the dog park is a dog that's super neutral and someone else's dog who keeps coming at them and bothering them. And the problem is if you're unable to step in for your dog and send that dog away, your dog is having to kind of put boundaries in place for itself. How do you get a dog to be more neutral and not fixate? Because I know you mentioned that with your dog. I feel like that is daddy's main, I don't know, issue. But yeah, yeah, that's usually what causes us any type of like problem is Mm -hmm. like he gets that way with kids too. Okay. Almost like a dog where he's really fixated on something. Probably like how they move, they're low to the ground, they're loud, I'm guessing. But how I do that with other dogs like if I have a dog who I really want my dog to get along with because I want them in the same backyard or we want to hang out like I want to hang out with my friend who has a dog we do a lot of pack walks so we're we're walking next to each other and they are zero like going up to each other no interaction dogs have amazing noses which means they can smell from a distance they do not need to be up in each other's grill uh this is showing a dog who's unsure nervous or overexcitable that they need to remain neutral in that space and then they can kind of get to know each other in that way for daddy with like kids per se it would be a lot of training around parks where kids are playing on the playground and you would want to start from a good distance and a good distance is when he is no longer paying attention Mm. and then you slowly move closer and closer And maybe some days you can get pretty close and other days, you know, you have to stay a good distance, but that's how you can practice with that. Yeah. That's a lot of freaking work for sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we were just like, we actually did that with a skate park Mm. because he was like really reactive to skateboards and anything like loud, like you're saying, like loud or anything um, like low to the ground, like Mm -hmm. on his level really reactive and so we did that with skate parks yeah we would like go further away and then come closer and then go further away and try to get closer where he wouldn't pay attention and he would relax Mm -hmm. tons of freaking work yeah I think we're seeing more and more issues with dogs for a couple of reasons but a big one being because we're having them be such a big part of our lives and so we want them to do more with us Mm -hmm. but we have to teach them you know these are animals at the end of the day and Yes, they're domesticated, but 
I mean, how I grew up, my dog was always just in my backyard. He didn't For sure. sleep in the house. So we didn't have as many issues. He didn't go everywhere, go to coffee with me, go in the city. So it's just more and more we're having them be a part of our lives, but we have to teach them how to coexist with humans. Yeah. And our world. It's very true. I like I didn't know anybody growing up that brought their dog anywhere. We yeah, didn't bring our dog anywhere. I feel like maybe it was the Paris Hilton craze where right. people started like carrying the dogs yeah. in the purses. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like and especially like in beach cities, since mm-hmm. Brittany's in Huntington Beach and I'm here in Long Beach. I mean, people take their dogs everywhere. I mean, more people are having are getting dogs instead of having kids as well. For sure. So they're also treating them like their child that comes with them everywhere. Yeah. But we're forgetting sometimes that they are animals and they do need structure and they do need to be taught how to exist. Yeah. <laughs> in the like in the city. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so talk to us about like basically what you're doing as far as training now and what you how you offer it. And I know you mentioned pack walks and I know mm-hmm. you do a pack walk on Wednesdays. Yeah, so I have free biweekly pack walks. And if you're interested in that, you can head to my Instagram, Brittany.j.childress, and I post them there. The pack walks are really to help your dog build up neutrality like we were talking about, meet people who are like-minded into training, and... If you're unsure if your dog's a good fit, you can reach out. We can schedule a consultation and go from there. The main request is that you have a handle on your dog, like it's not going to get away from you, and then that you remain six feet away from other dogs because not every dog is dog friendly. And like I said, we're really looking to build neutrality instead of like have dog friends. Nice. So we have the pack walk. That's free every other Wednesday. And then I have one-on-one training, which is where I come to you. We do privates and work up to, you know, whatever your goals are. And I will teach you how to really work with your dog when I'm not there. I'm also offering limited spots for board and train, which is where your dog comes to me. And I work with it for two to three weeks, depending on what we're working on. And then I also have workshops every now and then. So if those are posted, I'll have them on my Instagram. And I'm looking to do group classes soon. Nice. Yeah. You got, just did a workshop, yes. right? An in-person workshop. Yeah, we did a like a coffee shop workshop to teach you how to, you know, bring your dog to a coffee shop. I think that's such a trendy thing people are for doing sure. nowadays. Yeah. But not every dog is successful and it can be really frustrating for owners. For sure. Yeah, it can. We used to bring Nikki like everywhere with us because she's super easy. But then, yeah, when we would have daddy and having two dogs is a whole nother situation. But yeah, even we were just somewhere and Renee was like, dang, I wish daddy could be here with us because it would be like so fun, but it can be so frustrating and exhausting for the owner. So I love that, that you guys did that in-person training to really just focus on bringing your dog to somewhere small, like a coffee shop. Yeah. For so long, I've just wanted to find people who were into training. You know, not everyone understands like my rules with my dog or how he is not everyone's accepting. So I really wanted to find people who got me and like understood that. Yeah. Even though my dog is reactive or he's not, he's got things that we're working through. He's still really good. And I still want to take him out and about. So finding the right group of people is so important when it comes to that. Yeah. How did you do that? How did you like end up finding your people? Yeah, so it like started back in 2019. 
you know, my dog had little rules and boundaries and I didn't know what I was doing. I felt, I just felt alone. I felt like people didn't get me. You know, I would see people with my dog and my dog would have a huge blowout and it was like really embarrassing. My mom is like, you're going to have to do something with this dog. Like he's not safe. And that was like, oh, so frustrating because I knew my dog was like really smart, you know, really loving towards me. I wanted other people to see what he was capable of. I knew I was the limiting factor. For sure. So I made it my mission to figure it out. I reached out to a trainer. I wanted to shadow him. So I worked with him for like a couple weeks (laughs) and I did pack walks with him and I was shook that my dog could exist next to dogs. I put him up on a bench with another dog, didn't even phase him. I was like, whoa, this is not the dog I know. I was so shook. And so that became, I started digging more into dog training. A few weeks later, I moved to Texas. And that's where I really got serious about dog training. I was working from home. I did a course. And all along this way, I was, yeah, I was sitting in my apartment. And I would watch this dog walker come pick up dogs for the day and like I was like wow that's interesting like I didn't know people did this for work and in my back of my head I'm like I could never make a living doing that went about my life moved back to California the dog sitting picked up and then I went to another I went to a dog training event and I was like this is what I want to do I want to be a dog trainer and so I made it my mission to start reaching out to dog trainers I met a dog trainer locally And we connected, we started doing each other's pack walks, really meeting up and talking business. And then we did our first workshop. I feel like as you were saying all that, did I ask you on the last one, did we do a rapid fire? Mm, Yeah, we did do a rapid fire. And I think you're, when I asked you like, what would you be doing (laughs) if you could do, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, Mm -hmm. I think you said dog training. That's so crazy. I think I'm going to have to look (laughs) back, but... I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you said was like, yeah, I'd be dog training if I wasn't like, that would be my dream. And I, it was either then, or it was like another scenario where you and I were talking and just one-on-one or something. But I'm like, that is so wild that how things like come into our lives, like manifest or just like end up happening because this doesn't work out or that doesn't work out or this you know, shifts or, you know, even with like COVID, a lot of people change their careers to what they really wanted to be doing because they had to. Right. But it's just like, it was just interesting hearing you talk about that. Like it really came all full circle. Yeah. I just followed like the little like pings and it just flowed naturally. And then ever since I've started the dog sitting and dog training, it's been so easy, you know, and I don't know what's coming around the corner when you are an entrepreneur and you do have your own business. Nothing's set in stone. Yeah. But it feels so natural. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can follow, like you said, follow those like little things and those pings or like those little intuitions or like what feels good. We were talking about that before we got on the podcast, like what feels good to do right now. And when we like Mm -hmm. follow those, I feel like that leads us to what we're supposed to be doing or like what our passion is. Yeah. What our like purpose is. And and maybe my purpose changed along the way. I believe that my purpose has always been to empower people, to support people. And most of my clients are women. I have a lot of people, women that reach out to me about their German shepherds because that's, you know, I'm always posting my dog 
But yeah, I find it so interesting that along the way everyone stayed. You know, I shifted my niche so much, but along the way I was always sharing things about my dog. So it wasn't that off. Like people already knew that was a part right. of me. Yeah, exactly. And it's like people will be excited about what you're excited about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what you're most excited about. Even before when you were like posting other things, I feel like posting about your dog was like the most exciting for you. And I feel like uh, people can feel that people can feel when you're excited to be doing something or posting something, people can just feel the energy. And that's what other people will be excited for with you. You know? Yeah. I was thinking about this morning. I was like, you know, back in the day, I would try to stop myself from sharing all the dog content because I was like, that's not my niche. Mm -hmm. I'm throwing people off. And I was thinking this morning, wow, now I get to share all the dog content and it's so related. <laughs> yeah, I know that is really interesting, right? Like we have this like feeling in like the online space or like the coaching space that like we have to keep it like niche down mm -hmm. to these specific things and oh, my niche is confidence or my niche is, you know, fitness or whatever it is. But I feel like I, I talked about this when we did Community Queens is like we can post whatever the fuck we want, but does it like relate back to what our true message is? And I feel like with yours, it's like not just dog training it's like empowering, like mm -hmm. you were saying, mm -hmm. like empowering people, empowering women, empowering owners, whether that's through dog training or it's through anything else. It all comes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I also find it so funny. So when I did that online course and I was in Texas, I started a TikTok for my dog and it was called Training with Rambo. First video I posted like got the most views I've really? ever gotten on a video and it was like me talking about how I train. And I got like tons of questions and like just looking back at that, it's just so funny. Yeah. It was like, like a sign. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. That's so funny. That's so amazing. Like when we're, I think like taking the pressure off, right? Mm -hmm. There's like no pressure there. We're just able to be who we are. Then it really resonates yeah. with people. Like people are like, oh, this is so interesting. Yeah. It's funny that we have to like try all these different things and like, throw different spaghettis at the wall, as they would say, I guess. And then it's really see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when we're like so multifaceted as humans and so multi-passionate mm -hmm. that sometimes it can feel like that where you're like, wait, where do I, what do I do? I'm, I'm passionate about this, 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 like, where do I focus? And I think like people will tell you what they want to see yeah, from you, yeah. you know? And and people did tell me I had friends who I, we would do zoom calls to talk about business and growing and, and people were always like, you're going to work with dogs. And I was like, no, I'm not. And in my mind, I was like, I don't think I want to work with a dog other than my own. I like truly believed that until I started working with people's dogs and it was so much fun. I was like, okay. And I think a part of me just didn't believe I could right. make a living. Yeah. I know. I, when I think about like the people that I've had come and walk my dog hmm. when I'm not here, I'm like, they're probably making a freaking killing, <laughs> like depending on the different people and the different prices I've had, yeah. but I'm like, they're killing it. And they're just get to go hang out with dogs all day. And like, 
what a fun job. I mean, not for me. I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that. I don't think all the time, but like for someone who has a huge love of animals and of dogs, like that would be literally the perfect job. And what a great like world that we live in that that can be part of what you're doing, you know, or all of what you do. Okay. Let's talk about what's happening with you personally. And then I'll ask you the question. I got a question for you. Ooh, Okay. But what's happening with you personally? How are you lately? Just give us an update on your life in general. Yeah. I mean, I'm just learning to manage it all. I feel like we were talking about this earlier. I've kind of gone into like my cocoon and just head down working, hang out with my boyfriend, maybe my sister and my dog and then training my dog. And then I've actually had two dogs staying with me for the last 10 days. So I've been dog training them too while managing my own all in the same household. So that was learning. It was a learning experience that I'm so grateful for. I really got to see hands on what owners are dealing with at home and really like, you know, what they're struggling, like what they're going through. And I so sympathize with owners out there who are like, I'm doing all the things and this is freaking hard. I get it. I see you. I hear you because I was just you for 10 days and uh, with some dogs that really working through some stuff. So that kind of took up my time for 10 days. I really immersed myself in dog training and I, I had a lot of fun and it made me really tap into my energy, my mindset, because our dogs are such like energetic beings and they pick up on so much. So like, you know, you get frustrated when they're not figuring it out and it's like, you cannot put that on them. Like just taking a moment, breathing and like taking your time, like they are learning and this is hard for them as hard as it is for you, you know? So that was very eye-opening but yeah, I'm just kind of going with the flow. I'm ready for fall. Yeah. Do you I know. love fall? I do. I think I really love summer. Okay. But I'm excited for fall. I'm excited for like the shift of the energy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Summer was like definitely different this year than it has ever been, but I'm ready for it to like get cooler. I'm ready for like I don't know. Fall is kind of like stressing me out because there's a lot happening, like a lot of things that are like a lot of trips that we're going to be going on and a lot of people coming here. So that's what I'm like. I am excited for it, but I think it's going to go by really fast. I think that's why I'm like, yeah, it's going to go really quick. I always thought I was like a summer, summer girl, but I think I'm a fall girl. Well, fall is so beautiful here too, because it's like not super cold. Yeah. It's just like a little bit cooler yeah. and it's still like. You'll get to wear a sweater for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I yeah, I feel like fall in Texas, I like a little bit better. Oh my gosh. It's really pretty. So beautiful. Yeah. So I would, I think I need to go back to Texas actually. Have you been, you've been back once, once. since you lived there, right? Yeah. I really would love to go back in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out. If I am going to go back this year, I have a lot of trips coming up. So I'm actually going to go to, if you guys have some suggestions, you could drop them for me on the Instagram. If anyone has ever been to West Virginia, I'm going to be going to West Virginia to visit my niece at her college, which I'm so excited about. But I don't know if there is like some stuff that we should do while we're there. I've never been to that part of the country. So I'm excited to do that. That's coming up. What else is happening? in the fall a lot my parents are going to come visit 
want to like have my dad on the podcast, but I don't want my mom to feel like left out, s- left out because I did record a podcast with my mom. If it, if you guys <laughs> don't know, but I never aired it. <laughs> I never aired it, but I would actually love to, maybe I should get another mic. I'm thinking about like how I can make this work where maybe I have both my parents on and kind of like interview them. I don't know about me and about like, you guys really liked the solo episode I did where I talked about like how I grew up and I thought that would be like a cute, like kind of double with that. But anyways, let me ask you the question. Hold on. Let me okay. grab my phone. I'm going to gra- ask Brittany the question that we got. So if you guys don't know, every single time I have on a guest, I put up a little question box for you guys to ask the guest questions. So make sure that you're following on the Instagram at confident AF podcast Instagram. So you guys can ask the guest questions so that I can ask them on the pod. So let me grab my phone. So I'm hoping that you can kind of interpret. So the question was... It's in two parts and it says, have you ever had thoughts of rehoming in any instance with your dog? Do you get frustrated with the people that choose to rehome their dogs? Um, I have absolutely never had any thoughts of rehoming my dog. Well, tell us what rehoming means. Okay. So rehoming means that you have a dog and maybe you figure out it's just not a good fit for your family. Yeah, maybe there's like a dangerous situation that happened where you can't keep the dog or other people safe. So you need to find someone that can. You don't know how to handle the dog. Or maybe you like often what happens is people move into an apartment and they don't allow dogs. So that's what rehoming means is you find another owner for it instead of sending it to a shelter. I see. Okay. So for me personally, that has never been a thing. Rehoming has never been a thing. Yeah, no. For me, it was like, I'm going to figure out how to advocate for my dog, keep him safe, keep everyone around him safe. That's kind of my only only thought when it came to my dog. I feel like I was the same way. We had a dog, too, when I was growing up that was like, I got this dog when I was 18, and this dog was so crazy, a very, very like hyperactive breed. And so many people told me, like, you should just get rid of this dog. Like, Mm -hmm. this dog is insane. Yeah. The dog was really crazy. (laughs) Um, But I never had that thought of, like, oh, I'm going to get rid of it or rehome it or, Mm -hmm. like, like, I don't know if it's, like, how I grew up or, like, a value that I have or maybe it's just, like, I don't know. When I got the dog, I took on the responsibility of the dog. So Mm -hmm. I can't just get rid of it if it doesn't, like – Unless it's dangerous, which it wasn't. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just give up. Yeah. Like, I'm not just going to be like, oh, like, this is too much work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, there was a time my dad actually did adopt a dog and he did give it back, but that was not my dog. Right. And that was not my, nothing to do with me. Yeah. So, that happened. And the other part of the question was, do you ever get frustrated? How did they phrase it? Do you get frustrated frustrated. with the people that choose to rehome? Yeah. um, I don't know if it's frustration. I think what's more frustrating is, how do I reword this? I think rescues need to do a better job at finding people who understand dogs and finding the right owners for them. I think backyard breeding leads to a lot of people getting dogs that 
have no business having dogs. Mm. There's a lot wrong with the industry. Yeah. Dogs are a privilege, not a right. And they cost a lot of money. Training. Training costs a lot of money. So if you're looking to get a dog, research the breed, interview people who have the dog, make sure you're getting it from a really good breeder. Because if you are going to a breeder, if it is a really good breeder, in the contract it states if you are getting rid of the dog, it has to go back to them. Mm. And that's keeping dogs from going to the shelter. So they'll take it back and they'll find a better home for it. But I get it. I get why people rehome dogs. Like I said, if it's, if they have a child and they don't know how to advocate for their dog and now it could cause harm to a child, like, of course it shouldn't right. be in that home. So it's going to be case by case basis. Yeah, for and sure. I'm not one to say, like, I'm not one to get annoyed. I think I'm annoyed with a lot of other things in the industry. I see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like rehoming is not the something that you're frustrated with. It's like everything that might lead to to other things. Yeah. 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 I think that's the biggest thing I think about when people get a dog too is like understanding what a dog entails. Like dogs are so much work and also a total lifestyle change. And I think that depending on how you view your dog and your relationship to your dog, you may not really understand or how you've had dogs in the past. Like how we both said, I mean, when I grew up, Mm -hmm. our dog was just in the backyard, Mm -hmm. like, and we never took him on a walk. Like I took him on a walk probably like 10 times in my life, like, because he was a backyard dog. Yeah. He would go to the lake with us. He would go to outdoor places with us, but he never came. That's how my childhood dog was. Yeah. Yeah. Like he never went inside. I mean, he went inside like when it was snowing, (laughs) but like, that's pretty much it. And so depending on how maybe your relationship was with your childhood dog, or if you had even had dogs growing up and then now transitioning to like where you're an adult having a dog, I think it may be so different that we have to kind of like adjust. I mean, I definitely had to adjust. I didn't, when I got, when we got Nikki, having a dog as an adult is totally different. And I think like we have to change and change our mind around what a dog entails, how much it's going to cost, what are their responsibilities. And I think a lot of people probably don't do that. Or at least that's Mm -hmm. what I see too, is like a lot of people don't take all that into consideration because dogs are cute and we want to have a dog. And then we don't know that like it, is this whole lifestyle change. I didn't realize that either. So yeah, me too. Like I've, I've learned a lot along the way and I'm not saying that I was perfect going into it. This is just what I've learned now. And so maybe some of this information can help someone thinking about getting a dog. Like I grew up with a lab Yeah, and me too. he was like, she, she was super docile. We could leave the gate open. She'd just fall asleep in the front yard. And going from that to getting a German shepherd where like, can't leave the screen door like just the screen door because he could dart out it was a big change and I had to learn how to really set him up for success yeah it's it's a lot and especially when you get a dog from a shelter like we adopted him I don't know where he came from what he's been exposed to and so there's that factor it's just like people right like we don't know everyone's backstory We don't know everyone's like traumas or what they've been through or why they're acting a certain way. So we have to like take that into consideration when something, you know, something happens with them or they react a certain way or they, 
whatever when you're yeah. interacting with people. And it's the same thing for dogs, especially when you're adopting. Yeah. It's like, we don't know what they went through. So we have to like take that into consideration when they may act differently than any other dog we've ever had. Yeah. I mean, when I got my dog the first few months, he was super docile, but I, I mean, I didn't know dog body language at the time. He could have just been shut down. Mm. And so by the time he like came into his own and trusted me, I had probably babied this thing too much. And now he's, you know, getting big and stepping in for me and guarding, protecting Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. So interesting. And like interesting how dogs change as they get older too. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying how he got like more acclimated to you. And then like, I think it's interesting how you're talking about the energy because Renee always says that to me when like daddy gets, when we have a lot of people here, Mm -hmm. I get more anxious with daddy here especially if we have like kids, which we, if we have kids over, we usually always have them outside because like I said, he just does not do well with, with little kids, but it makes me super anxious having kids here. And then he's here because obviously I don't want anything to happen, Mm -hmm. but Renee's always like, he can feel your energy and he's going to step in to protect (laughs) you because he thinks that you're nervous. And I'm like, yeah, but how do I not be super nervous if he's around a kid that he could harm yeah you know and unintentionally yeah right like it could just be a bad situation so but I think dogs are so keen on energy and they're like their job is to protect us Mm -hmm. and their job is to like serve us and be like next to us all the time so like sometimes I think we can like fault them even though they're honestly just doing what they think is right Yeah, when you think about it, like when you think about different breeds, like a Labrador or a German Shepherd or a Doberman or, you know, there's all these breeds, they all at one point did have a job and that's what they were doing in the daytime. And so if we're not giving them breed fulfillment, they're going to do it in the home. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When we, we did a DNA test on Nikki and I didn't need to do one for daddy, but because we got him from a breeder, but when we did it with Nikki and I learned more about her breed, it was actually super helpful Mm -hmm. because then we started realizing why they were so different Mm -hmm. because the same thing, like you were saying, comparing, I was always like, Oh my God, it's so sad that like daddy could never go to the dog park and Nikki's so easy. And she's like, she could go to the dog park and have a great, yeah, she gets to go (laughs) and he doesn't. But then when we looked at the breed differences, like, so she's like 50% chow Mm -hmm. And a little bit German Shepherd, a little bit Lab, a little bit of like Alaskan Malamute. Then we started to realize like, oh, her job is to like, as a chow and a shepherd and all the other breeds is like to protect and be like to guard, but she's going to make sure like I'm safe Mm -hmm. at all times. So like if I ever watch her body language, she's always like positioned between me and the other person, but she's closest to me. Yeah. And I can tell like she's confident. So yes. So she's a confident dog, whereas my dog is insecure. And so when he has to do that job, he's mm. not good at it. So she, you can tell she's good at it because she will be quiet. She will just stand there. Yes. Yeah. And then when I looked at, we learned more about bulldogs, which we did not know anything about bulldogs until we got one. And then we realized, and we did a lot more research, their breed was bred to be really fixated, right? Like they're gonna, they're like bred to run with the bulls. Okay. 
So they're like bred to fixate on one object. What do they do? What were they bred to? They were bred to like be with um, like the running of the, yeah, the bulls. And then that's why they have their, the wrinkles is so that the blood would be out of their eyes. Yeah. It's really interesting. So they get really hyper fixated because they want to like, I think a lot of bully breeds are like this where they focus on, they're really focused on one thing. So we are, Renee and I are always saying like, if I was to be like out with both of them and someone attacked me or something, right. Or I fell down or fainted or whatever. Nikki, I think would be literally right next to my side. She wouldn't leave. If anyone came near me, she would back them off, Mm -hmm. but she would also stay near me. Daddy would get distracted by the person and be really hyper fixated on some, you know, either hurting the person or getting them away. But he would be so distracted that he would go with them Yeah, so far, like never leave them. He would leave me to protect. But anyways, it's just interesting learning about the differences of breeds because that's why I think like just like in the instance of like Brittany getting here, mm-hmm. Nikki, yeah, she's chill. She's going to be right next to me, but she's chill. She's confident. She's not going to, if Brittany was to like do anything to threaten me, yeah, Nikki would do something, but she isn't going to unless she needs to. Whereas daddy is like hyper fixated on getting Brittany's attention Mm -hmm. and very fixated. Yeah. Like that becomes his, like that's his mission. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Like learning the differences of breeds and why they're doing the certain thing. And I think that's something that a lot of people should do because it, helped us understand a lot more. It wasn't just now this instance of like, oh, daddy's like not a good dog or like we need to fix him or he's like, he can't handle this, right? It was less about him being like wrong and more of us understanding how do we work with this situation and get him to be a different way if we want Mm -hmm. him to be a different way instead of like, oh, he's bad. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just meeting meeting your dog where they're at, like really training the dog in front of you. And I've had to deal with, like, you know, I had to kind of let go of the idea of what my dog was going to be and also honor who he is. And I do a lot of that by like the obedience training. Like that is so fun for us. I walk away laughing and it eases my relationship with him where what I used to do is try to take him everywhere with a lot of people and dogs. And I was, I walk away frustrated, mad, you know, embarrassed where now I do an obedience session and we've like created some playfulness in our relationship. Yeah. And he doesn't have to get it perfect. It's just to work his mind and get his energy out. And it is so rewarding. It really is. Like he, I I see it in him. Yes. I know now whenever I like, can get daddy's attention and give like he will give me eye contact even when like another dog is walking like him and I both get like so excited like it's so cute and I'm like I never would have known that unless I worked with someone who would have taught me that otherwise yeah I would have been so frustrated like trying to get him get his attention and then he wouldn't want to give it to me and it was like I think dog training is so simple, but we add all these human elements to it, like shame. Like you're saying like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's embarrassing because it is, Yeah, you know, like we add shame, we add guilt because, oh, we didn't put enough time or like my dog is a reflection of me now. It's like we add all these human elements to it and really like the fix, right? Or the training is really simple and really, really 
at the end of the day, yeah, simple. I was yeah. gonna say easy, but it's definitely not easy. But yeah, simple, it's simple but not easy. Simple but not easy. And I, w- I had a client who, yeah, was like, oh, this is just common sense. Yeah, and no one's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of effort. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think even for me, you know, I I talk a lot about reactivity and reactivity. There's so many compartments to it and pieces to it. But at the end of the day, if you're struggling with it and, you know, you know the progress you've made with your dog, it's like, be proud of that. A trainer recently was talking about how, you know, if your dog has a big reaction and you snap them out of it, that's impressive. And like people notice that too. They're like, they hear the noise, they look and they're like, that's embarrassing. And then within two seconds, your dog's in a perfect position and like listening to you, like that is very impressive. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I never like, I think I took that so for granted. And then now if I can get like daddy into like a sit while another dog is walking by and like to look at me, like I said, eye contact, I'm like so happy. And other people now will comment and be like, oh my God, like they're so relaxed and like they are not barking at anyone. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, oh, yes, they are. They are. They are. I know. <laughs> no, I know. I get people who, it's so funny. I'll have people be like, oh my gosh, your dog is so well behaved and amazing. And then on the other side, I have someone that sees like a reaction and like are like, and you know, we'll say something. And it's like, you can't manage what everyone thinks about you and your dog, but you can just keep doing your thing and trying. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Let's do the rapid fire again. Okay. So let's start off with, I feel like I probably updated them a little bit since the last time you're here. What is your favorite food? I think I probably asked you that last time. Favorite food. Hang on. Steak. Steak? Yeah, ribeye. Ooh, ooh, yes. Medium How do you oh, or rare. To ask or, you that. Yeah. Medium rare. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it. I'm like the one that's like pretty pink. Yeah. 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 Medium rare. Nice. Where do you get your where do you get your meat right now? Honestly, I <laughs> I really love uh Whole Foods. Okay. They'll yeah. have the grass fed, but even sometimes just their pasture raised looks really good. Yeah. I've been using um, ButcherBox. Uh-huh. Have you ever used that before? Yeah. Yeah. I do like it, but it's just not the same. As getting it. As getting it like fresh. Fresh. Yeah. I, but I don't know. Do they freeze it? They and freeze they it, thaw it. And then I thought, yeah. No, I mean at like grocery stores. I think they do. They do, huh? I think they do they, freeze it sometimes. I don't know. I guess it would probably say right? like previously. I know seafood they do. Okay. Yeah. For sure. But I don't know about steak. Maybe it wasn't Butcher Box. I got some kind of meat box and I didn't like it. You didn't? But I have been using Butcher Box and I really, really love it because I don't go to Whole Foods that often because it's kind of far for me. And I was getting like, when Renee and I were eating more Whole Foods, we were eating like steak like pretty much every day and chicken, a lot of chicken. And I just like, anytime I would get steak from like Trader Joe's or like Ralph's, I was like, I don't even like this. Yeah. Like it's not good. So I've been really loving Butcher Box. I th- I'm pretty sure all their meats are like grass fed, organic, really, really good. But you need to try it. Yeah, I would, I would say try it again. Cause but, I like, I like having it on hand and yes. you don't have to go to the grocery store. Yes. So convenient. Yes. Much more convenient. And I get it like 
once a month. And they and have then, ground beef too, huh? Mm-hmm. I eat a lot of ground beef. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of stuff. They have a lot of different seafoods. I don't really like their seafood as much. Like no their one. shrimp is not as yeah. mu- as good, but. I think I was on a sea, you know what? That's what it was. We got like a box and it was when I was on a seafood kick, but the seafood wasn't that good. Yeah. I feel like it's really hard to get really good seafood, especially like if it's frozen and then it's coming to you. Like, yeah, it's not, not there. I wouldn't judge them on just their seafood, but their steaks are really good. Their chicken, everything. Okay. I'm going to give it a try. I really like it. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your coffee order right now? Mm, I love moon goat. I get a churro latte or a what latte churro oh churro yeah yeah but locally i like stereoscope and i like their spanish latte or vanilla latte i like anywhere that has like they make their syrups and yes that's like a must there's a place next door which we should have got gone there before but i'm just thinking like we could have gone there now but i'm like we literally just had caffeine but (laughs) they have an almond like they make their own almond syrup. They do an almond latte. I forget how you say it. Almond or, or got, or I've never heard of that. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Every time I go in, I try to say it and I'm pretty sure I don't say it right every time. But anyways, it's really, really good because they make their own almond syrup. Okay. So good. That sounds delicious. Yeah. That's really nice. Okay. If you're going to the movies, white candy do you bring? Mm, Oh, I love like the unreal M&Ms. Oh, those are good. And I also love it's like the healthy version of the gummies. Yeah. Like the sour gummies. Smart sweets. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yep, that's what I'd bring. I've been on like a Swedish fish. Kick. Ooh. Really. Trader Joe's has good ones. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to go there. I think I'm going to go on Wednesday. I like have to plan all my grocery <laughs> outings now because we only have one car. So like I can't just like go anytime I want now. I just have to like know when I'm going to have yeah. the car. Yeah. One car problems. What was the other question I was going to ask? Oh, what is your best purchase of this month? Dang it. I was going to think about this because I was afraid this was going to come up. <laughs> um, let me think. Let me think. Or it could be last month, just in your recent history. Yeah. I usually say Amazon purchase, but yeah. if you're not a big Amazon person, then just in general. Honestly? Oh, my God. So in our Batty Girls Club, one of the girls has bought one of those electric swatters. Oh, yes. A fly so swatter. we bought a bug assault. What is that? It's like a gun that shoots salt. What? And gets the flies. And so we've been You shoot it this. at the flies? Yes. It shoots out salt. It looks like a big rifle. Oh, my God. And it shoots the <laughs> flies. And I... Oh, that's my favorite Amazon purchase. I just bought a screen to cover oh, our back idea. door, our back slider. But before we had that, we had flies everywhere. So... Yeah. We were <laughs> shooting with the bug assault <laughs> and I've hit, I hit like two in a row. So it's you have so to fun. aim at it you and hit it. You aim and then shoot. So they can't be moving. Oh, that's so crazy. It's really fun. The flies have been really crazy here in California. Even like now we're on a, a much higher floor. So we don't have as many gnats as we did at our last place, but we have we have these flies. It's been crazy. Like this is not normal. Yeah. I have never, in all the years I've been in California, I've never really had flies. In Texas, you have a lot of flies, right? But here I've never had flies. And this year they're like giant horse flies. Like they're big. And they're yeah. loud. Like, yes. oh my God. So like I get angry. I'm like, where's that gun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to get an electric fly swatter too, because when you have one and it's like inside, it's so annoying. 
Yeah. So yeah, I feel like and it's I... fun. I was like, because because we have the electric by slaughter, but I think my boyfriend was bored of that, so he wanted something funner, <laughs> and I'm like running around swinging with it. Yeah. And I feel like they get really smart, and they yeah they, they hide. do they yeah. do. Wendy was saying that in Batty Girls Club that she got a uh, electric fly sweater. That was like her exciting thing of the week. It was so cute. Yeah, that was really cute. Well, I already asked you last time, what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you're doing now? But do you have another thing that if you weren't doing oh. what you're doing now, you'd be doing? I don't know. No? I feel like I want to be traveling. Yeah. Like like road tripping. Where is your next like destination that you want to go? Big Sur. I mean, it's not far, but I really want to go to Big Sur and I really want to go to Costa Rica. So many people lately have been talking about Costa Rica. You're probably like the fifth or sixth person in the last like few months that's mentioned it to me. I think it was really a lot. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people talked about it because it was one of the places you can go and not have to be vaccinated during COVID. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe that's why. That was a big reason it got maybe put on the map. And it's like very inexpensive. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm super into like ancestral eating and stuff. Have you ever heard of Dr. Paul? The old, older guy? Who's He's bald? older. Yeah. And he like talks about. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He lived, he lived there. So I feel like. Oh yeah. He wears like a lap coat yeah, all the sometimes. time in his videos. Yeah. 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 So. What is ancestral eating? Um, it's, I mean, I feel like it changes a little bit every month, <laughs> but <laughs> like at one point they'll say like no none of this and then it changes but for the most part it's it's just whole foods it's okay you know a lot of steak fruit honey dairy like whole raw dairy just like taking out the processing of food yeah really I feel like that's when I eat that way is when I feel the best it's like how we've pretty much been eating for a while now is like I would say like 80 percent we Mm -hmm. eat like that is like whole foods like veggies protein rice yeah, right. A lot of rice. Yeah, a lot of rice. Of course, we have to have like our cheat meal. Like our, we love pizza. Yeah, pizzas are go to. What's your favorite pizza place? Oh my god, um, Brewery X. Is in that in Huntington? Anaheim. No, we drive forty minutes to get this pizza. Oh my god. Yes, we haven't gone in a while. What type of pizza is it? Is it like thin crust, thick crust? It's, it's not thick, but it's not thin. And the cru- the okay, I guess like the edge crust is pretty fluffy. Okay. It has a lot of air in it. And then on the pizza is oh, on it. It's goat cheese. Ooh, yum. I think pepperoni, jalapeno, and pineapple. Oh. It's so good. Pepperoni, jalapeno, 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 and pineapple. That sounds like a good combo. I believe. I just it. literally recently learned that Renee likes pineapple on pizza. Oh, yeah. I forgot that's a thing. Yeah, we yeah. love pineapple on pizza (laughs) I don't think I do but I don't know because I've never like I've always said no I don't like it but I don't think I've had it as an adult where I actually do like fruit I think I would be into it especially if there was jalapeno yeah too because like a good balance exactly my go-to is because a lot of people like ham pineapple I don't like ham I like pepperoni I like pepperoni and jalapeno Mm -hmm. I think adding the pineapple would be pretty good yeah, I just recently learned that Renee liked that because we've never <laughs> ordered it like that. Yeah. He's never suggested it. And then we were somewhere and they had pineapple and I was like, oh, Renee doesn't like this. And his brother's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm like, no, he doesn't. Like, for sure he doesn't. He's like, like, we don't eat that. Yeah. And then he's like, no, I like it. I'm like, what? 
<laughs> How did I not <laughs> know so this funny. about you? Michelle always says that. She's like, I'm learning new things about Ray every single day, like about her husband. She's always saying that. I learn new things about him every day. And I'm like, I always thought that was weird that she said that. And then I'm like, it's had so that true. experience. I'm like, yeah, we do learn new things about each other every single day. Just even like friendships or I think probably because we're always evolving. People are always evolving and changing that like you can never always know everything. Yeah. Yeah. You learn like that version. And then, yeah. I mean, as you have more time together, you hear more stories. And yes. You shift. Their past and their present. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there was one more question and I'm trying to remember it as we're talking. Let me think. We did coffee order. Are you drinking alcohol at all right now? No, actually, I think it's been exactly a year. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Year. So one year, no alcohol. No alcohol. It wasn't really planned. It just over happened. time. Yeah. So what made you kind of like, once you kind of like realized that you weren't drinking anymore, what mm -hmm. made you say like, I'm not going to drink? So you don't drink at all? No. Okay. So what made you decide not to? Because we just had Michelle on who is basically doing her one year mm -hmm. experience, which also includes it's intentional and she's yeah. not drinking what made you decide to do that yeah I mean the last time I drank was my cousin's wedding and it went great like I woke up the next morning didn't feel a thing um and I think it just slowly progressed and I hate feeling hungover I hate feeling regret I'm the type of person who just keeps drinking mm. like if you have a drink in your hand and I, when I have a drink, like I sip it the whole time. Like yeah. I don't stop. It's something to do with my hands. I'm probably mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And also my thought is like, if I'm that uncomfortable where I need a drink, I sh one shouldn't be there Two, alcohol is not going to make it better for sure. So also I've been building a business and that takes a lot of concentration and effort. And I just think sometimes it can be a huge distraction. It can. Yeah. And I, I grew up, I mean, I've been drinking. I mean, I grew up drinking since I was like 13. Definitely partied a little bit too much in my early days. I think I'm just over it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been leaning towards less and less and less drinking. I think you guys have heard, if you guys have listened to the podcast, like consistently that I went from like drinking uh, on the podcast a lot with guests to like now not drinking at all with guests, but just in general in life, drinking less and less and less. And I think the main reason that I hear most people say that is like, and the same reason for me is that like, I don't really like feeling hungover. I don't like feeling like I need to drink something to be more comfortable. Yeah. I don't like feeling that way. I still, I've played around with like not wanting to drink at all, but I do like having a drink, especially like with Renee, if we're yeah. like celebrating something or like if we're just like relaxing, but I really hate the feeling of being hungover. Yeah. I hate that feeling. And I don't think like the whole no alcohol is forever because me and my boyfriend have talked about it. Like we want to go out and maybe have like a classy cocktail from somewhere I don't like going into the night with no intention of drinking and then just picking up a drink mm. because I feel like the outcast. Right. I think I really want to be intentional. If like I'm going somewhere, there's intention and I'm going to have a drink to celebrate or maybe it's like a wedding or right. like I want there to be purpose behind it. I think we just 
consume, consume. I mean, I do it with coffee, but. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, with anything, right? Yeah. It's like just consuming just to consume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been like, even like this weekend, we like, we were just going to have a chill weekend. Like we weren't going to do anything. I bought some um, Prosecco in case Renee wanted to like have a drink at night or if we were going to go out to dinner, if we want to have a drink before we go to dinner, whatever, just to have on hand. But then it ended up where Renee's cousin and his, I mean, her husband and their kid came over and it took me, okay, so usually if we were going to like, we went down to the pool and we were waiting for them to come over, we were going to barbecue and then come back up here and watch a UFC fight. Now, I would say a few years ago, or even maybe six months ago, I would have been like, oh, cool. People are coming. Okay, cool. I'll start drinking now. Yeah. I would have started drinking like as soon as I decided that someone was going to come over and then I would have continued drinking until they left. Yeah. But it was interesting because my urge to drink is way less now. So like, I thought this was pretty cool, like a cool moment for myself that like they weren't there yet. Renee and I went down to the pool to wait for them until they got there. I didn't have a drink yet. I didn't have a drink until probably like an hour after they even got there because they brought me a tea, like a iced tea. So I had an iced tea first. I like just relaxed. Like I feel like I've relaxed so much around drinking. And I don't know if it's like the same reason that you're saying where I'm like, oh, I want to be more comfortable. But I think it was always like I want to have a good time. So let me just like hurry up and like drink a little bit so I can have fun. Yeah. And now it's like so different. And I drank so much less. Yeah. Like on Saturday, I probably had like, I had like half a white claw and then it got warm. So I threw it away. I had a glass of wine at dinner and then I had another glass of wine when we came back up here. So like two and a half, maybe three drinks the whole night over like from like maybe 3 p.m. to like 11. Like that's way less than I ever would have had before. You yeah, know? that's funny you say that. I feel like before when I did ha- have like a couple or a drink or something, I would stop midway because I like almost didn't like the feeling of being drunk. Like yeah. I would start to feel a buzz and I was like, eh, I'm good. I'm going to have some water. Yeah, we did this thing recently where I think we were like, where were we? Or we were like going out or something and – Renee really didn't want to be hung over the next day. Like he was like, I do not want to be hung over. And so every time he would like drink a drink, he would like do that old saying where like you drink a glass of water yeah. in between. And even though he drank like quite a bit that day, like it wasn't like we had two glasses of wine or something like that. Like we were out a long time and we drank a lot, but he drank a lot of water. He was like, I feel so much better. Like I slowed down in drinking. Mm-hmm. I like, feel more hydrated today. Like it was just that interesting thing of like, it really isn't only the drinking. It's like also the dehydration and like the throwing off of like our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Honestly, that is (laughs) a huge part of it. We're like, we can't handle it anymore. (laughs) Honestly, I can't like, I hate feeling hungover and I don't want to drink if I'm going to get hungover. Like I don't, I won't even really do shots anymore ever. Like, and I loved to do shots, but we implemented that like a while ago where we were like, okay, no shots. Yeah. Like actually I did get pretty, pretty drunk at the 
50 cent concert. Oh, that and sounded I, like so much fun. It was so fun. It was so fun. I don't think I've mentioned that on the podcast, but Renee was like, you need to drink water. And I was like, <laughs> but I was so excited and I was having so much fun, but I didn't realize how long the concert was going to oh. be. So it was like, we got there and we saw the two opening acts and Jeremiah oh. and Buster Rhymes. Okay. Buster Rhymes was not that great, but <laughs> he's, kind of, he's just like, he's older and like, yeah. it's kind of creepy, yeah. honestly, but Jeremiah was good, but I didn't realize like, okay, we... I didn't realize how long the concert was going to be. So it was like, we went to dinner, we had drinks at dinner. We like got there. We saw both the opening acts. That's probably like two hours. And then a two hour set from the concert. By the time 50 cent came on, I was really, really drunk. And Renee was like, you need to drink water. And I was like, I think I'm okay. But I always (laughs) will deny that I'm drunk. Always. I will never like take responsibility for being drunk. And I don't know why I do that, but He's like, no, I just think you should drink water because there's like two more hours to go. And I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. But (laughs) that was probably the last time or the first time I meant to say in a really long time that I've been like drunk where I'm like, okay, I need to like slow down. But same thing. I did not like the feeling like I was like, oh, my God, I'm I do need to slow down because I'm like drunk. And then I got tired. Yeah. Like super tired, which is funny because I think regardless if I don't drink. I get tired quick too. And I'm like, oh, well, if I had a little alcohol in me, I probably would be okay with staying here this late. Very true. Now I'm like, I'm boring. I'm no fun. It's time for bed. (laughs) I don't feel like that's boring. That's like, Renee and I were talking about this is like, I think why we kept talking about how much fun we had on Saturday this week. And I think it's because like, we were hanging out with people who are like also aligned with doing the same thing that we want to do. We're like, they came over at like three o'clock. Mm-hmm. We hung out, we barbecued, and then they left after the UFC fight, which was like 11. It was like perfect. Like, yeah. okay, goodbye. We're yeah. going to sleep. Like, yeah. like I don't want to go to a bar. I don't want to take shots. I don't want to be out till 2 a.m. Like even for that concert, we were home by like 1130. And that was super late for that night because it was a long day. But I don't want to be out or around something that late. No, I love waking up the next day and like having that energy to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, it's nice. It's like sometimes you feel like maybe you're missing out, but you have a whole new world available to you, you know? Yeah, it's like I want to like get up and do things in the morning and experience things during the day. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to experience late night things. Like I value like getting up going on our walk in the morning maybe going and grabbing breakfast coming back like on a weekend coming back relaxing watching a movie like going to sleep early like that's what I'm valuing right now Mm -hmm. I don't know if that'll shift but I'm not valuing like I notice like some people like some of our friends are like on a different time schedule than us yeah where like they're not doing things early in the morning like Renee and I are and they're valuing like more like nightlife nightlife which is fine yeah it's just totally different like a different schedule and I'm like not I don't want to be on this schedule yeah I mean even just thinking about going to like a bar that does not sound fun to me that gives me anxiety yeah yeah because of the next day right because the next day because usually they're loud you can't even hear people talking 
we sound so old. Don't get me wrong. Honestly, I am like going out and going dancing sounds fun and I would be down, but it would have to be the right place. Yeah. (laughs) We're actually going this weekend to a concert and it's like here in Long Beach, but it's um, what I, I just told Renee this morning on our walk. I was like, you know what I'm so excited for about the concert is that it has to end at 10 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> Our type of concert. We are there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because they have this like we learned this when we try to go to the Snoop Dogg concert is they actually have like an ordinance where it has to end at 10, the loud noise. So. Yeah. It won't go past 10. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> is it by like the Queen Mary? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys want to come? What is it? It's Coastal Country Jam. Oh, okay. Do you like country music? I, I do. Yeah. Well, if you and your boyfriend want to come. Okay. Let um, me know. It's, it's, it's Saturday okay. and Sunday. Oh, wait. Yeah. We're available. Yeah. If you guys want to come, it's, I literally invited, I've been telling everybody about it and inviting everybody, but no one seems to really want to go. So I, <laughs> I don't know how many people. I, yeah, I definitely want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Come through because I think, actually, I think Bailey's going to come. Her and she's in town. She's in town. She gets here on like the 13th today, the 11th. So she said she's going to come. I don't know if she's going both days, but she said she was going to stop by and I know they're going. It's like walking distance from here. Oh my goodness. So I think what we're going to do is like. I don't, like I said, I don't know who's actually going to come. I think it might just be Renee and I and maybe his cousin, but we're going to like anybody who's going to come with us. We're just going to like maybe have a drink here or like meet up here and then walk over. over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So if you guys want to go. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be Blake Shelton. Oh, no way. Brooks and Dunn. And um, Sunday is Tim McGraw. Okay. I was like, if they're small names, I probably don't know them, but those are... I don't know the small names. There's a ton of other small names that I don't know because I just know like older Mm -hmm. country, but yeah, I think it'll be really fun. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Okay, sweet. Okay. We're going to close it out. Oh my God. I literally thought it said an hour and 44 minutes on the ticker. I was like, what the heck? But it says an hour and 14. (laughs) Okay. We're going to close it out. Thank you so much for coming. This was really fun. You guys can check out anything that is for Brittany and for Empowered Dog Training down below in the show notes and also on the Instagram. Thank you, Brittany, for coming. Thanks for chilling with me. Thank you, Alicia, for having me. Of course. I love you guys so, so much. And I will see you guys next week.